Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. An honor to have member of Cleveland Browns Ring of Honor, four-time Pro Bowler, Browns legend, NFL linebacker Clay Matthews to the podcast. Clay, how are you? First and foremost, thank you for taking the time. Um, I know this was an emotional roller coaster of a football game. We're absolutely drained. We're heartbroken. But I've got to tell you, when I found out we were going to be able to have you on tonight, the first thing I did was I called my dad, I called my granddaddy, and I let him know. I said, hey, we're getting Clay Matthews on tonight. And they gave me a laundry list of questions to ask you. But I'll get I'll get you started on this one. What was it like to watch this team with a ton of heart, resiliency as a Browns alum? Well, you know, I mentioned I was uh, a little down that they didn't win. Of course we all are. But I'm so optimistic now with this team. When you look at, you know, once they got around that the fourth or fifth game, they just took off and they became, you know, what we say as a player, it's a compliment. A player who's an ultimate grinder is just somebody you can count on. They're going to show up. They're going to play hard when they're ahead. They're going to play hard when they're behind. They, you know, when things go really bad, they just hang in there. And that team now has become a grinding type of team. Okay. So they didn't get it done today, but you know, we've, we're looking at, I don't know how many years, you know, the NFL moves so quickly. I don't know if it's three years or four years or five years, but we're looking at a bright future where they're going to grind and be competing. And so I'm excited about that. So as you know, last year, uh, Clay, you were able to be there with your family, you know, after playing 25 years and being in 2019 and to be put into the ring of honor in Cleveland, you know, to be among the royalty of the Otto Grams, the Jim Browns, what was that moment like for you as you walked into that stadium with your entire family there um, to look around and know that your name was being put up on that wall for every Browns fans like myself, Allie, for the rest of our lives to walk in there and your family to walk in there and your grandkids and everybody for the rest of your life now when they walk in there and I saw it today, right? Cause I'm in Kansas city and went to the game today. Just came back oh. from, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in Kansas city. <laughs> and, and, uh, let me tell you, I'm a little emotional still, but, uh, um, but to see like, you know, I saw like Marty Schottenheimer on the wall today, you know, at, at, at Arrowhead, but to know when you walk in there now, every time, what does that, what does that mean to you and your family to know that you're part of that part of that family that, you know, the Browns family forever now on the wall. It's, it's a little overwhelming. I got to admit it. I, and I've said this uh, this statement several times, and and I honestly mean it. I was a fan of the NFL before I became a participant in it as a player. I was one of those kids that grew up. My dad had played with the 49ers in the early 50s. And, you know, I was the type of kid who con uh, collected the little plastic helmets and, and all that. So, so I loved it. So, you know, when... When, in fact, one of the things I got when I, I first came to Cleveland in 1978, and they gave us a pass to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One of the first things I did 
uh, I made Leslie, my wife, go with me was uh, we took my pass so I didn't have to pay. <laughs> and we, uh, we, went, we went down to Canton and, you know, I was looking at all these players. And so I, I was a fan of the league and I was a fan of the Browns. And, uh, you know, so when all of a sudden they go, hey, we're going to put your name up there. It was a little overwhelming and uh, Almost surreal. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it really was. And to go out there and, uh, you know, it was just, it was a real special night. And I, you know, I, I didn't need that, but that, that's a wonderful thing. I, you know, I, I've, I've got folks are, you know, they're, I've been nominated for the Hall of Fame and I'm trying to tell them, hey, I got a Hall of Fame of memories of 19 years in the NFL and 16 with, with the Browns and, you know, I'm doing great. I'm excited about this. Uh, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. You know, and, and not only to be there with your family and have such a, you know, you, you had your son, Clay Matthews was also there for the Rams. I mean, it was just, I got, I was, I had chills just watching it. Um, what was that experience like for you in the moment to have everybody around you, uh, your kids, uh, Clay was there. What was that like just to be in first energy stadium? What was that? What was that like for you? It, well, it was a great night, even if I had just been there as, as a fan in the first row or the last row, it, you know, going to a game and, and here's, I'm going to give you a, for instance, to let you know how special the Browns fans are when they played Baltimore, um, in that game this year, the, uh, you know, even though they lost, I think they had like 2,500 fans. And I, I've been watching the league this year, and every time, the first thing you notice is there are no fans. Gosh, what a terrible game. And with 2,500 or 5,000 fans, it was the first time I could feel the energy in a stadium. And the Browns did it with, and gosh, I don't remember if it was 2,500 or 5,000. And, you know, it really hit me at that point how special the folks are there. Not that we don't know that, but sometimes you need to be rem reminded. And that was a, just a tremendous uh, experience to see that. Well, I was just gonna say real quick, I, you, would, you would be, the fans today showed up in Kansas City. Um, there was a lot of Browns fans here and it was very interesting to see that to your point. They traveled because they know how special this is and how long it's been mm -hmm. for the Browns. So with that journey, Clay, you know, as we look at this, um, you know, playing 25 years ago and now, you know, last year, you know, in the year before, you know, becoming that semi-finalist and now being the finalist, um, what has that journey been like for you, you know, as you kind of inch closer possibly to being a, you know, a finalist now and being inducted? What has that been like, that journey that you've been on so far? And uh, I know it's a little gut-wrenching, right, as you get to be a semi-finalist and now a finalist, and now you're kind of at the door knocking in, let me in, you know, kind of thing. What's, it, what's that journey been like for you? Well, my daughter had come to me and she, uh, she said, Dad, look, I, you know, and <laughs> we're a football family, so she might <laughs> know a little bit about it. But yeah. she comes to me and she, she says, Dad, I, I, I've seen what you've done. I'd like to work to get you in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think you have the credentials for it. And, you know, I'm not, my dad had, had 
uh, I was very lucky. I had great parents, you know, and one of the things my dad told me was you don't need to go around bragging or talking about yourself. If you're any good, they'll already have figured it out. And so when she said she wanted to, you know, kind of get me out there. And I said, I don't know, you know, and I said, all right, go ahead. Nothing will happen. Well, she starts doing it. And all of a sudden there starts to be a little, she's getting some traction. So I say to her, <clears throat> Jennifer, I said, you know what? I think you shouldn't do this. You know, you, 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 you shouldn't be out there talking about me and everything, <laughs> mainly because she was starting to get some, some traction. And then she says, all right, let me think about it. The next day she comes and goes, you know, dad, I'm going to have to willingly disobey you. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been putting it out there and the, the Browns fans who are just, uh, you know, incredible are backing me. And, you know, so they're, I'm at least being talked about. And, and like I said, I, I love the league. I love the old players, you know, and, for me to get mentioned in the same uh, category with some of these folks where I grew up, you know, like I said, I went down to the Hall of Fame and looked at all the bust and everything. It, uh, um, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. It's great. You know, Clay, I've got to tell you, I'm, I live in South Carolina now, um, but I was born and raised in Canton, Ohio. Um, I would pass the Hall of Fame on I-77 every single day. And, you know, as a kid, I would go there with my dad and that's where I developed my love for the game early on. And we kind of built that relationship and having that, uh, you know, knowing that value for all of the Browns players and all of the NFL players that went before, it was such an experience that really kind of just grew my fandom for the game. Um, but, you know, you kind of take it for granted driving past it every day. I didn't understand the significance of being so close to something so special until I moved away to South Carolina. So my question to you, is I know you're not from, you know, Canton, Ohio, but what would it mean for you to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh, it would, I mean, that would just be incredibly special. You know, I was, I was hoping to have an incredibly special, and I think to a degree we got that with the Browns, you know, the way they've really <clears throat> showed up in the two games when they, I don't think they were expected to win each you know, either of them and very well could have won both and won the first one. Um, you know, it would just be, it would be a little overwhelming, I think. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. I think I was a lot better off running around tackling people and trying to do that than I was, you know, getting in front of people. Probably the worst, the worst thing, you know, when I was putting that ring at ring of honor was I had to get in front of 70 some thousand people and give a little speech. Mm. I think I was a lot safer okay. when I wore the helmet and I was out there hidden folks. <laughs> well, as, a, as I say, Clay, you're an awful humble person, but as I say, there's a lot of coaches around the league, like Bill Cowher, the ones that coached, you know, against you and, and was around with you as a player. And, you know, they have the utmost honor for you. So I, as I say, you're, you're, you come from a humble place, uh, but they, you know, a lot of them say you would be nothing but a, you know, you should be there already. So I appreciate your humble, your humbleness. But I think, uh, like you said, you do your talking on the field. And if you mm -hmm. do talking on the field, you should be in. So I think that's probably a good way to say it. So it, you know, and, and like I say, I don't get me wrong. When I showed up to play, 
I wanted to win every time. If I was going against somebody, I wanted to win that personal battle and I wanted our team to win every time. And I'd get frustrated, you know, when we didn't win and uh, I would get very frustrated if I didn't win. So it, uh, you know, I like to compete, um, but you know, everything's good. Yeah. Well, you know, Clay, I was going to say just from a side note, you know, you talked about this team as a grinder type of football mm -hmm. team, the Browns. And I think you admire that because if you think about it, I watching as a, a small child, you know, it, growing up watching you, you kind of, you're a grinder. I mean, you literally were a grinder type of player. And I think you appreciate that. And you see that in other players. And I think you notice that, like, you know, you show up, if you're down 10 points or 15 points, or you're up 10, you put your same 110% uh, into the football game. And I think you can really appreciate seeing that grinder. And that's what I saw from you as a player personally, is that you grinded and you gave it your all. So when you did walk off the field, you didn't leave anything left behind. Well, I appreciate that. It, um, that's what it requires to win. It, you know, you, you've seen many teams where they, there, there can always be that magical night where you come out and everything's going well, a lot like it did in the first quarter against the Steelers. And, you know, you can ride that and win some games, but really over the course of 16 games and however many playoff games, if you're, if you want to be a champion, and I think that's how you got to think, you got to be in it for the long haul. And it, uh, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There are going to be times when it doesn't really look like you as a team have a chance to win and you hang in there. You may not have your best game that, uh, that night or that, that afternoon, but I'm, just, I'm so pleased with how they've matured and all the players and you know, all of that, uh, the decoration and the, the talking is gone and, and the players, uh, you know, they show up and they play hard. And mm -hmm. I know for, you know, whatever the future is, you know, and again, there are narrow windows in the NFL. I don't know, three to five years. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're in a good position to, to, to enjoy these Browns. Absolutely right. You know, we, Dustin and I, before you jumped on, we were talking about the heart of this Cleveland Browns team. There's a lot of optimism. Now I'm not looking for any moral victories. I'm not, mm -hmm. um, but what you're getting week in and week out with this football team is a lot of character, a lot of heart, and they're putting, putting their all out there. So I want to talk quickly about that. That that's what you encompass you're kind of that when we talk about the Cleveland Browns in 2020 and the 2021 season kind of going into it they're that hard hardworking blue collar type of football team and that's kind of when I go back and I watch your highlights now I wasn't old enough to go back and you know watch you play live but uh you know my my dad my granddaddy they would all kind of talk to me about what it was like to watch you they talked about all the great plays all the great games uh, you know, sealing the game against the Bills with that interception on uh, on Jim Kelly. What stands out to you in your career? What's one of your most, you know, favorite uh, plays or memories as a Cleveland Brown? You know, and this is the truth. It, uh, it doesn't sound like it, but really when you, when you get, you know, when you think about your memories, uh, the special ones, you their plays on the field, but they happen so fast. You don't really get to enjoy it. But, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, the, as I went around Cleveland and I would interact with people, it, you know, and this could have been at a gas station or a 7-Eleven or a place like that. 
I would run into fans who were knowledgeable and respectful. And I, I have all these memories of meeting these folks and having a little one to five minute conversation. And, you know, those were special. Mm-hmm. And also the, uh, with my teammates, you know, the, the people in the NFL come from so many different back backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And what was really special was we put our differences aside, you know, depending on where we came or so forth. And we would, uh, you know, we would all work together towards a common goal of, you know, doing the best we could winning a championship. And though, you know, I remember all those plays. I remember the tackles and the sacks and all that. And I hope folks remember them too. But, you know, for me, the ones that have stood the test of time have been the, the, the memories with fans and out of the way places. And then, uh, uh, memories that I had with my teammates. So along those lines, Clay, I'm sure you made some phone calls halftime during the game with the Bernie Cozars of the world, you know, the ones that you were in that class with. Um, what's it been like sharing this moment with all those players watching the new Browns, you know, the, 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 these guys, and what's it been like sharing that and, and kind of re- reminiscing, right, a little bit of what, like, yeah, we know what that's like to be in the playoffs in that first round and then the second round. You know, what's that been like to sit there and call those guys up and have that conversation with them? Yeah, we actually had a group text. I think there were about eight to 10 people on there. And the thing is, there, <laughs> I thought there was going to be a lot more talking than there was, but I think everyone was really into the game. And, uh, you know, it, it, we were in it to the very end and then all of a sudden it ended and everybody was gone and you know it it just uh, it ended but uh um it it i i i think it's been about 25 years since i played my last nfl game uh 96 and um uh i you know i was 40 my last year so really once i got out there was I wasn't looking back wishing I could still play. Right. But when the when the Browns started against the Steelers a week ago, it's the first time I thought, gosh, you know, I wouldn't mind being out there again. Uh, you know, I don't know my current shape, but if you could get me back when I was uh, 20 something, I'd like to be back out there. Yeah. Hey, I would have loved to see it. Um, I would have absolutely loved to see it. Uh, but Clay, we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, I know you're a busy man. We have greatly greatly appreciate your time coming on the here we go brownies podcast but you know i know you've seen it all you've seen it all as a cleveland brown the good the bad the ugly now we talk about how today didn't go in the favor of the cleveland browns but they showed a lot of resiliency a lot of heart what is your message to the cleveland browns team to the cleveland browns fan base of course we've got such an optimistic and hopeful future what is your message to the team going forward i the thing i say is that we've got a solid team. And I hate to talk about the Steelers, but the Steelers have been a solid team. You know, they every year they're in it. And, you know, as the Browns, we've we've had our highs and lows. And now I, I see the Browns being a, a team like that. And they're um, the New England Patriots, a team where they show up, you know, and you know they're going to play hard. And they're not going to win them all. And they're going to be some tough times but at the end of the day they'll have they'll compete and you know we'll we'll have an opportunity and that's 
really all you can ask for. Give me an opportunity to poll for you and let's see how close, you know, and let's go get one of those uh, Super Bowls. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? Let's go get one of those Super Bowls. I, well, I love it. Well, Clay, I was just going to say, you know, we wish you the best of luck. I know we're a couple of weeks away uh, from the announcement. Um, I know the fans can go out there and kind of give their opinion as well. And I think I saw you're in first place right now among the, the fan base. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, and I don't yeah, know if you like to win in everything. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, they're the greatest fans in the world. I mean, you played in front of them for, for like you said, most of your career where you were, we're there for 0 and 16 or for 11 and five, we're still in the stands. So mm-hmm. um, we wish you the best of luck. Um, and wish you all your family and health. And, you know, Jennifer has been a great advocate for you. And, uh, you know, she was able to line this up and have you. So we just wish you the best of luck. And on that, Allie, I'll let you finish. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know what? I hope the next time that I make it back to my hometown of Canton, Ohio, I can go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame with my dad, my granddaddy, and go see you while you're in there. So we appreciate your time, Clay. Stay safe, stay healthy, and go Browns. Thanks a lot. Go Browns. Go, go Browns. Browns. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks for joining. Eric Metcalf to the program. Eric, how are you? Can you hear us? I can. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for taking the time to join us. We're so appreciative to have you on. We've got a a bunch of listeners ready to ask you some questions and just kind of pick your brain. And um, it's just so great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Look at that. Enjoying a cigar, living his best life. I'm I'm quite (laughs) jealous. My best life, but it's like, (laughs) well, I'm good with that. Hey, uh, well, you know what? You deserve one of those after having a 40-yard dash, right? Like you can have a cigar now, right? I, I, I jogged it. <laughs> I jogged it. Oh, man. Well, hey, thank you again for taking the time for us. Um, we're just super, super grateful to have you on. And, you know, Dustin and I were just talking about just the energy that's going on in Cleveland right now. Um, just the optimism of coming off of this offseason with an incredible free agency, with an incredible draft. Um, and, you know, I just want to get started with you by asking what have been your overall thoughts on what the Browns have done this offseason so far? Well, I feel good about it. I mean, the, the free agent acquisitions and everything, just making the defense stronger, picked up another offensive lineman as well for some depth. And so I'm looking forward to this team because, I mean, last year, I can say I was pretty good because I said they were going to go 11 and five. And so, and so now I, I feel good because on the back end of the defense, um, we're, we've gotten stronger. And so we get another, uh, we get an off season for guys to come in and prepare and get ready for the season, which they didn't get to do last year and still played right. well. And so now I'm really looking forward to what can happen when they are actually on the field and having practice prior to the season. Yeah, it's going to be a different world because everything was so virtual last year. So, of course, Eric, it was great to finally meet you when I was in Cleveland uh, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, you got to come back into Cleveland, right? You got to kind of reminisce about being there. What was it like to be, you know, down there in Cleveland, all those fans, and to be able to go up on the stage with the 153rd pick and make that pick for the Browns? And what was kind of your experience uh, for the few days that you were in Cleveland? What was that like for you? Oh, it was special. I mean, I uh, announced picks two other times. But it, it wasn't the same because the draft was actually in Seattle. I mean, in Cleveland this time. And so it, it felt good to be back there. And, I, and even before it came, came about, I was like, there's no way I can, I can sit at home during this time. I have to be a part of it. I have to be in Cleveland for this because I knew how the fans would, would be. I knew how everyone, the atmosphere would be. And I just wanted to be a part of it, knowing that, you know, 
it, it felt good to, to have a draft that it wasn't really do or die for us. You know, we could yeah. just sit back and relax and, and, and chill out and just enjoy the festivities. And that, that's what made it fun. Well, Ali and I talked about that. We we're sitting there down there at the draft Thursday night. And we're like, we're two hours in and we, we, we still haven't picked yet. And we're like, this is so weird because it hasn't been this way for almost two decades. We're usually in the top 15 getting ready to be like, well, you know this, Eric, it's, it's like our Super Bowl, right? The draft is for the last right. two decades. It's like it's the Brown Super Bowl. So we're, we're giddy to see who the next potential superstar could be for the team. And now we had to just, you know, wait and get the best player available, which was kind of an odd thing to do. Well, it's fun, though, because yeah. at that point, you're just looking for someone uh, to start drafting guys who can just make the team better. Yeah. And, because you're always trying to get better. So that's what I was looking forward to. We got we got another corner so we can solidify that. And so, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season and, and what, what's, the, what's to come. You know, just to speak from a fan perspective, you know, I, I use the word optim optimism. We all feel good about really the direction that the Browns are heading with with what Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, Paul D. Podesta are taking this team, you know, into. Um, and it was fun to see the building the Browns episode and really what goes into the draft. And my favorite part is watching these guys get the phone call and, you know, just seeing their world completely turn. It's so it's just so rewarding, even as a fan, to be able to see that. So I want to ask you, what was if you can paint the picture for us, what was your draft experience like? <laughs> it, it, it was kind of crazy because of the whole backstory of it. Um, and, and I'll start with when I was a few days before the draft, Mike Lombardi, who was then working with the, the Browns, flew down to Austin, where I was, to visit me and ask me to do some running tests and, and everything. And, and I wouldn't do it for him. And he was like, why I can't we're, we're talking about drafting you I said that that's fine but I'm not gonna do it and so I, I never I never did it for him and mm. then so, so I actually flew to Seattle to be with my family uh, for for the draft and then we were just hanging out watching the draft as a family and I and I heard that uh Denver had traded the, the pick to the Browns the 13th pick to the Browns and and I looked at my mom and I said I'm about to be drafted <laughs> no you're not I said yes I am and, and they drafted me and you know at, at that moment it's just overwhelming because you, you played football with me since I was seven years old and all you think about is, is playing in the NFL and then to finally hear your name called not not only hear your name called but to be called in in the first 13 picks it, it, it's something special so I, it, was, it, was, it was overwhelming and then and then you, you just get taken aback about the, the fact that this is this is really happening because that's that's the ultimate goal. Then the goal is to stay there. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good right. point. So uh, I know one of the things that you did, you know, that we all got to see during the draft as part of uh, the St. Jude's, you know, uh, Children's Hospital and, you know, everything that they do. And my one of my nieces actually was personally involved with that. She's now passed away. So I kind of know what St. Jude's is all about. What was that like to see some of those legends kind of that you played with in the NFL right to go out there with Rich Eisen down there in LA and run that 40-yard dash and be a part of and do that donation process because I know he you know that's really near and dear to him as well but what was that experience to kind of go down there and do that whole 40-yard dash and kind of be a part of that oh it was, it was a wonderful experience just because what it was for just doing it for St. Jude's and what Rich Eisen has represented and doing it for the, the past few years is it, it, special and so for them to ask me to do it and, and be a part of it, well, I, I just felt good about it. I mean, I went into it with my 
Achilles was sore. And, I, and the whole time I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to run. I, I don't know if I can do this. I'm, I'm, I'm so scared because when I was playing, that was the, the injury I, I feared the worst was the, the tear Achilles. And so I was just. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I, yeah. I, I was so nervous about it. And then the, the way it was set up, I, I was told that I was probably going to have to run 4-4 in order for my team to advance. And so I. I felt better because I was like, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to run 4-4 healthy. So now, <laughs> I can, now I can really cruise and, and, and not worry about putting too much pressure on this Achilles and just jog through it and, and look good running. And don't, and don't yeah. be the guy who, who pulls up on TV. <laughs> but you know what? But when it's all said and done, I wanted to make sure that I finished because I knew what it was all about. It was about charity and St. Jude's and I just wanted to be able to, to do the run and I but I did tell him next year I'm coming back at 54 years old. I'm going to run four six. Oh, oh, I believe it too. I yeah. believe it. I've got all the faith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> I don't question that for a second. Um, but I, I also want to pick your brain on this too. You know, Dustin brought up a good point is the draft has always been the Browns Super Bowl. And now as we look at it and with what the Browns have done really this offseason and really when Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry started to team up to build this culture, build a winning culture. Now the draft isn't the Super Bowl, but maybe the Super Bowl can be our Super Bowl. Now we have that type of aspiration. So, you know, you lived it. You were on some really good Browns football teams. You know, the Browns went through some pretty lean years as of recent. So it's nice to get back to uh, winning football, but I just want to kind of pick your brain on that you know what was that like for you as a player um to you know watch this team now oh it's, it's special i mean last year I, I hated it really because we couldn't be there yeah you know, to be finally winning like we used to and, and we can't really be a part of it because of the pandemic and all that and so going into this year i mean like you said the super bowl can be our Super Bowl now. You know, we know that you know, we know that there are good teams out in the AFC that we're going to have to beat. But the, the bottom line is, when it's all said and done, we got to go out there in between those white lines, win the games we're supposed to win, and win some games that we're not supposed to win. And if and we do that, we're, we'll be in good shape because we were minutes away from possibly beating Kansas City and, and moving on with an, an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So now I think now that these guys have been in it it won't be so shocking to them. And so they can just go out there and, and play football and, and may the best man win. Well, and, and you saw, we get a little bit of a revenge factor in week one against the Kansas city chiefs. So <laughs> that'll be kind of interesting. That'll be fun. But you know, once again, that's week one and, and a lot of things can happen from week one to now week 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now week 18 <laughs> because last year, look at our week one. Yep. And, then well, and, to your, and to your point, that was a new coaching, you know, I mean, if you think about that, that was all a whole new kind of, you know, regime. And, you know, that continuity is a big thing in the NFL. So, I mean, that's a good point. It is. And that's why I'm looking forward to this, this them getting the off season of being together and, and doing some things and, 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 and putting in some wrinkles that they probably didn't have time to do last right. year. They, right. There's so many things that they can add to, to this team this year, coaching wise and, and, and just, positions and and then scheme and everything that I'm looking forward to because I know it's going to be better than it was last year. Nice. So Eric, when you look at like your memorable moments, and I know we talked a little bit about this on the phone, kind of walk us through that when you look back in college first and then the pros, what were kind of your memorable moments in college 
And then what were you remember? What was the, the, the moment that you kind of like when you walked off the field, you're like, that I'll remember for the rest of my life kind of moment? Well, in college, I, I, I think I, I, I had a lot of ga good games, I think, but they were all kind of different, you know, because I, I, I've always, I had always played running back my entire life, but I caught the ball a lot, returned punts and kicks, obviously. But I think the most memorable game, most memorable game for me in college was we played TCU one year and, and I carried the ball 36 times and, and ran for over 200 yards wow. and, and we won the game. But what was, what I liked most about it is that we only passed seven times that game. Oh, oh wow. So, so that <laughs> gave me the ball almost the entire game. And so that's, that's how I felt like I should carry the ball or at least have it in my hands, my entire <laughs> career at any level, right? That was, I mean, yeah, six <laughs> times in the entire game. Right? Yeah. And, so, and so that 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 was really fun. And then moving forward to uh, the NFL, I mean, you, you, you got to say the, the two-punt return game against Pittsburgh, that's that's everyone's favorite, but it really isn't my favorite. Hmm. My, my favorite is, is a game that we lost it, to the Oilers in Houston, and and it's only my favorite because it was a game where I, I had a uh, over 100 yards receiving and like 90 something rushing, and that's my favorite game because that's how I felt my whole career would be. I I thought I I could be one of those guys who went thousand thousand rushing oh, receiving. I never had the opportunity. Yeah. Multi-purpose type of player, right? That makes total sense. Yeah, that's why that was my favorite game. Yeah, I remember literally watching on the television after you got the first punt return, and then it was late in the fourth quarter, and you did it again. And I just sat there and went, this is unbelievable. And, of course, <laughs> the announcers are going crazy. They're like this, you know, like I think in the game itself, they said he was possibly a scratch for this game because you had an injury, if I remember right. Yeah. And, yeah, and you were – and then they were like, it looks like his legs are just fine. <laughs> And so, and so, yeah, we had, we played Cincinnati the week before, I believe, and um, someone fell on my knee on the side of my knee and kind of bent the side of a knee sprain. So I didn't practice all week until Friday because that was Belichick's thing. If you don't practice Friday, you can't play. And so, and so I went out there and, and did what I could on Friday, and <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And, and, and Sunday when we got there, like I told him. I'm fine. I'll be all right. I went, they wrapped me up and I went out there and what happened happened. It was, it was special because, you know, we returned the first one and Mr. Von Moore came to me and said, we're going to get another one. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Sure we are. <laughs> Cause it, 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 it rarely happens. And sure. then, and then it just happened that, you know, with the game on the line, they, they, they had foolish pride and punished it again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we, we took it back and, you know, it's, it's, it's special because, when, when you're back there as a punt returner, you have, y'all. of course you want to score every time you touch the ball, but the guys in front of me who are blocking, they always wanted me to score as well. And so right. they were working just as hard for me to, to get to the end zone as, as I was. And so that's, that's what made that group special. And that's what made us a, a dangerous outfit. Well, it's interesting when you see, like, if you watch that video or any of those, you're always watching, you're right, those guys on special teams are kind of, their heads on a pivot, they're looking back at you, and they're looking left to right, and blocking downfield to give you a lane, so you have an avenue to get to the end zones, and, you know, they're just, you know, they're all out, so, yeah, you're right, it's kind of a team effort to get you into the end zone. 
and and that was that was a point of emphasis because I we used to I used to tell those guys all the time, don't don't run back towards me because I'm not really worried about the guy who's next to me or behind me. I think I can make him miss. If you run forward and get somebody, then then we got a good shot. And so and like I said, those guys always like you said had their head on swivel, looking to take people out and, and create lanes, and, and they did a good job of it. And just to pull a question um, from our comment section here, uh, Mike Gum, friend of the program, he wants to know, um, was it more exciting for you to score a touchdown on a kick or a punt return or just on a regular rushing touchdown? Well, I guess it all depends. You know, I mean, kick or punt return, we're talking about a, a long part of the field, you know, so that's long run. So that, that, that's exciting. You know, when you talking about a kickoff return, generally you're talking maybe between 90 and hundred, hundred plus yards. And so that, that's fun. And, and, and I always like long touchdowns, but, but I have to say when we played the Raiders and I was able to score that two yard touchdown with a few seconds on the clock, that was more fun because, you know, growing up as a kid, you think about, Counting down, taking the last second shot to win a game, hitting a, a walk-off home run to win a baseball game. And then I got the opportunity to score a touchdown almost with no time on the clock to, to, to walk off. And so that, that, that's fine. Yeah, as I said, the offense is literally in your hands to win or lose the game at that point. Yeah, well, you're right. There's, there's a lot of adrenaline at that point for sure. Yeah, and, and so because, I mean, that's, that's what you want to do. That's what you grew up dreaming about to have those opportunities you have no timeouts and 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 you're running the ball and so (laughs) to 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 get a walk in and and a walk off with like that it's it was it was fun it was fun for me it was fun for the whole team because we went out there thinking that uh they were they were thinking that we weren't going to win that game i i literally think i had maybe eight yards that that game rushing after because they were so focused on not letting me beat them after scoring four touchdowns against them the year before. <laughs> Fair enough. Which Fair I enough. Don't understand, but they they, but they they took a safety. They took a safety, which was kind of, they took a safety. And, and then, so if you take a safety, what do you do? You punt the ball. So you still have to punt the ball to me, right? And so they punted to me and, and we got a really good return. I almost took it back. And so that's what made the, the field shorter and gave us the opportunity right. to go down there and, and win the game. God, that's got to be so rewarding. And, and just kind of, you know, similar note here with what the Browns are currently doing and this Kevin Stefanski offense and the emphasis on the run, the run first, um, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, and really the focal point on special teams. You ever just find yourself watching this, this current Browns team and wondering, you know, what kind of role you would have been able to contribute on, on a team like this? No, I don't, I don't think I watch, watch them and say I could have done this in that particular offense because they're, they're doing a great job and they run first. And that's that's the key, running first. And people don't realize it. if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to run the ball. You, you think you think about this past Super Bowl in, in, in Tampa Bay and everything, and, and it looks like Brady does a, does a lot throwing touchdowns because he threw some touchdowns, but they didn't really get going until they started pounding the ball. And, and, that's, and that's how it always is. If you can run the ball and stop the run, you have a good chance of winning. And so, yeah. I, I like what the uh, is doing with the offense. We run first and, and hit them with a lot of play action off that and and and, and move the ball. And, and what makes it good is that they can run the ball and the other team knows they're going to run the ball. Right. <laughs> you can't stop it. And so 
like yeah. and going, so going back to the original original question, I don't think I really look at myself and what I could have done in this offense. I would love to run behind this line because they they block well. I just think I think about what I could do in the NFL today and the way mm -hmm. the game is played. Because you know, certain teams play looking at the Browns, they're more of an old school team. The old school offense, you know, is, is run first, whereas everyone else is, is spread out and running all kind of jet sweeps and one back and, and everything, four or five receivers out there. And I and I think I could have thrived in that offense. Sure. So Eric, you know, you were there in Cleveland, um, got to visit, you know, obviously some of the the draft folks there. If you, you know, you look forward to, you know, the NFL's a different game, but what advice would you give to the new Browns rookies as they come in, um, being a rookie yourself, or any any in an NFL draft player as they come into the league? What kind of advice would you give to those new Browns guys out there, uh, specifically they got drafted by the Browns? You know, I, I would first say uh, don't take this for granted. You know, guys, guys get drafted and, and, and sometimes think, I'm here. That's it. No, that's not it. You still have to work on your craft. You still have to be a complete pro, and that is on and off the field. And so I think I think guys, if they prepare themselves that way and, and just try to be a, a complete professional, then it'll work out for them. And, it, and, it, and it's funny because in, in talking about the, the Browns pick, I um, actually went on a trip with Anthony Swartz back in 2017. We were in Peru together. Really? Yes, he. I was a, um, I was a coach. I was the sprint coach on the U.S. Junior track team, uh -huh. and he was on the team. Oh, and, and so uh, right after he got drafted, I actually texted his mother and said, "Congratulations, welcome, welcome to the to the Browns family and what have you." Because on that trip, we as a team we had to meet in Atlanta, and then we flew from Atlanta to uh, to Lima. But Anthony got stuck in Florida because of, of weather. So he didn't get on the plane with the team in Atlanta going over there. And then we took another flight from there to Trujillo. And uh, so he finally, he didn't get there for a, a day or two after us. And so the, the team went out on a, uh, on a trip, just touring around. And so I had to sit around, sit at the hotel and wait for Anthony to get there. And so we, we, got, we got to talking and I had to take him in for a little warm out and shake out so he can get his body warmed up and everything like that. And so we got to hang out and, and do all that. So, you know, you, it, the thing, what I'm saying is you have people like that we've had a relationship with, but once again, talking to him, I know he's a good person. And so being a good person will, will lead to being a, a good professional. And I, and I think that's when it will work out. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that this front office, this coaching staff has really tried to dial in on is bringing guys in to fit their, their three pillars, smart, tough, and accountable, that blue collar grinder mentality. And not only players that are going to fit the on-field scheme, but personality fits in the locker room as well. And I think that's all gearing towards, you know, the, the implementation of this winning culture. So I want to ask you, um, you know, as we get back to that winning culture that, that Cleveland has, has wanted for so, so long, you know, what, what does that mean to you as a player who helped build that culture? Oh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, because, you know, going back to Cleveland is, is, is something that, that, that's special. It always will be. I like to tell people uh, I played 12 years. I, I played for five different teams. I was traded twice. But when, when, when you look back at, at my career and what I did, I always say I only want to be considered a Cleveland Brown. And, and that's because 
the tradition of the team, the the fans for sure. Um, it, it just it just made me feel good about being a football player and what I was able to accomplish when I was in F, in the NFL. And so, you know, it's 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 it's, it's a great time. And so to to to, to watch this team win and, and hopefully win a, a lot more is is something that. I just can't wait to see because I, I'm, I'm waiting for that day. I told them if they ever go to the Super Bowl, there's no way that I won't be there. I have, I have to be there because I'm, I'm like a, a Browns fan and I, and, I, and I just love being a part of the, the, the Cleveland lore. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Eric. So I went to the Kansas City Chiefs game, <clears throat> the playoff game, and talking to some of the players there and some of the older fans, they're like, well, I don't know if this is, this could be my Browns Super Bowl, you know, because, you know, we've had so much heartache and stuff at the time but they were so elated that they could go to a second round of a playoff game you know and, and see the browns in person so to your point if they ever get there i think every browns fan is going to try to get in that stadium because because <laughs> it's going to be like i kind of almost see it like the the 85 bears right like if we're going and we get to a super bowl we are darn well going to win the darn thing so you better buckle up because i mean i just i just feel that and then you can just feel the energy in the city like that and i think ali you felt that when we were in the city as well it was oh my god just the energy I can, i'm still riding the wave i'm still riding the high of the optimism the energy that came out of cleveland uh, just from the nfl draft let alone what the season's going to bring it, yeah, it's, I'm you, me, and 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 every Browns fan in the, in yeah. this world is, is feeling the same. Just looking forward. I mean, I wish they were playing tomorrow. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for football. I've been, I mean, watching basketball and all this. I'm like, okay, that's fine and dandy, but let's let's get to some football because well, just because we're, I'm so excited about what is gonna happen. I mean, in years past, I'm waiting for football, but not really sure. This year. I'm waiting for football, expecting big things to happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's, that, that's what makes it fun. Well, what's kind of ironic is tonight we're four months away from the first game of the NFL season, four months from tonight. Exactly. So four months too long. Well, it doesn't, but when you think about it, four months doesn't seem like that long to me, Allie, like four months goes by pretty quickly. It seems like so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we go into the summer, that typically goes by pretty quickly for the most part, but when you're really anticipating big things from your team, who's done so much, it's like, it's like, you know, just waiting, waiting for, you know, Christmas to come. It seems like it just takes forever. And that's kind of where I feel like us Browns fans are currently at. So, um, but Eric, this was great. Thank you for taking the time. We greatly, greatly appreciate all of your insight and just kind of, you know, hearing from you a little bit. And this has been wonderful. And, and, and Eric, we're going to make sure we get you an official. Here we go. Here we go. Brownie shirt. We'll ship it out to you. Absolutely. Okay. For sure. Thank you. Thank well, thank you for taking the time. Um, you are always welcome onto the Here We Go Brownies podcast. This is this is absolutely great. It's a show by the fans for the fans. So I know all of our listeners are appreciated to, to be able to get some of your insights. So Eric, thank you again. Thank you. And that's a nice background you have behind you. Hey, I, you know what? It's funny. Before we get you off of here, I was having some technical issues where it kept it kept like shrinking it. And I was I had to shift my entire studio over because the way I was sitting, I was in front of you. And I'm like, I can't do this. I've got to shift my studio because I can't sit in front of Eric Metcalf. No, I can't do that. I was I was hoping you were gonna say I couldn't keep this keep keep you from moving. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Oh goodness, it thank was a struggle. Thank but you, thank man. you. Hey, take care. Thanks for jumping on. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Eric. Have a great night.
That is the legendary Eric Metcalf. What a guy. And joining us now, a fourth round pick out of the Ohio State University, um, Cleveland Browns defensive tackle, Tommy Tommy, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? Good, good. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Tommy, how, how the past couple of days been? I'm sure it's been busy. I'm sure you've been working hard. We got to speak with Porter Gustin last, last week. He just mentioned, you know, the work that you guys are putting in. It's a lot of fun. Walk us through it. How's it been for you? What's your experience been like so far? Yeah, no, it's been really good. Uh, starting off with rookie minicamp, that went really well. Meeting all the guys and the coaches, getting, getting into the building and everything. So, I mean, it was really good just meeting everybody uh, for the first time and then getting on the getting on the field, getting back to work because, uh, I mean, been out of football for a little while. So, now getting back to work, really great to get out there. So, Tommy, I know as we talked a little earlier today. So, you know, as you come, you've come a long way in your journey, right, from your Idaho roots in Pocatello, Idaho, right, and now to Ohio, the Ohio State, and now to Cleveland. What has that meant for you to finally hear your name on draft day and to be – you know, you are now a National Football League player, like for your family and everything. What did that feel like? And kind of walk us through that process. I mean, you knew you're probably going to go to some team. And then of all places, you just have to go up the road, you know, just a few hours and you're going to Cleveland. So tell us a little bit how that kind of all came out those days around the draft. Yeah, no, it was just like feeling a roller coaster of emotions, especially like once I heard my name get called and I mean, family going crazy and everything. So, I mean, it's just like a rush. You have emotions all hit me. And then, like, just to be able to come back to Ohio, my time in Columbus, I mean, I loved it there. And then just, yeah, two hours, like you said, two hours up the road. And I'm really blessed because I know a lot of Ohio State fans are Cleveland Browns fans. So those carry over for me. I'm excited to put on for the for Cleveland and ready to show what I can do. And kind of on that same note, um, I'm a huge Ohio State fan myself. Uh, you know, we're Browns fans. It's a show by the fans for the fans. Uh, I'm currently in South Carolina. Dustin, he's out in Idaho. Um, but we still have our roots back to Ohio. So I want to talk a little bit about Ohio State. Um, do you feel that you kind of had an advantage coming, you know, coming into the draft, coming into the NFL, coming from such a strong school, um, a strong culture, uh, but physically as well? You've got guys like Mickey Marotti there in the strength and conditioning team there at Ohio State. Do you think that you were put in an advantage um, rather than maybe some of these other guys entering the draft coming from such a strong program? I mean, yeah. I mean, the culture there is just different than I think anywhere else in the in the country. Uh, the way, like, I mean, the guys handle themselves over there, and the way coaches uh, coach their players over there. I mean, all the coaches they have that different mindset of getting guys ready for the next level. So, I mean, it's, they develop you and get you ready for this this. I mean, this process and get you ready for the, how you're going to perform at the next level. So, I mean, it's really just I think that different type of culture there and getting you ready for the next level. Along that, I know you mentioned the OTAs. When you attended, you know, Browns rookie OTAs and that, what has been the biggest surprise as you've made that transition from the NFL now, or from, excuse me, from college to now the National Football League? What has been like, you know, your biggest surprise or the thing that you've encountered that you didn't maybe see as you kind of came into camp and stuff so far? Uh, maybe just like, uh, it really kind of just, they're throwing so much at you, like all at once, because really, 
like throwing it to the fire, like you said. I mean, like I would say, to, like you're learning a bunch of all the new plays, the system, whatnot, and then you also got lifts and everything, and then you got to kind of get into that routine. So kind of just like everything's just coming fast. It's kind of just, I guess, the biggest thing for me. So I uh, I put out a call to our listeners prior to having you on. We like to get engagement from some of our listeners. Uh, one of our friends of the program, Jason, he says it's 821 on a Wednesday night and Michigan still sucks. Um, so I just had to had had to let you know that one. <laughs> um, so, Tommy, I, I got to ask, um, you know, with the rookie minicamp, it was a little bit different this year than it had been uh, previously in years past, um, you know, before you'd have just a ton of players there trying to um, just, you know, get a spot. Um, now is a little bit more uh, intimate with some of these coaches. What was that like to have more one-on-one time um, with Coach Kiffin? And really, what did that look like for you during that process? Yeah, so for the D-line, we only had like, we had like four guys total for, yeah, like the rookie minicamp and then kind of during most of the OTAs. So, I mean, we tried to just use that to my advantage, just getting the one-on-one coaching, really trying to develop, learn the system, get the plays down and everything. So, I mean, it really just try to take advantage of that time, really enhancing myself and getting, getting right into the system. With that said, you know, being a big, you know, fan base of Ohio State fans there and now transitioning to the Cleveland Browns, what kind of, speaking to Allie's point there, what kind of experience have you had with fans so far? Obviously, a lot of fans like you from Ohio State. And now, have you been able to, when you've been in Cleveland or around the Ohio area, have you been recognized? Have they come up to you? Or, you know, what has that been like now that you're a Brown and switching over from the Bucks? Yeah, there have been a few times where I've been, like, out, like, at the store or whatnot. People have recognized, like, me, I guess, getting drafted there, like, can't wait to watch you on Sundays and stuff like that. So, I mean, they kind of picked up already quick because, I mean, yeah, like, they know I was from Ohio State. And so, yeah, they kind of just carried over. And they said they're just excited to watch me. I can't wait to play for them. I love it. Um, Browns fans, Buckeye fans, you know, there's there's nobody like us out there. We're, we're crazy and we're just thrilled to have you. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, that defensive line really all together. Um, you've got some very explosive players. You've got Miles, who's just, you know, a, a freak out there. Jadavion Clowney, who's an elite run stopper. Um, but you've got a lot of strength, including yourself there in the interior of that defensive line. Um, you know, I've seen uh, Malik McDowell. He's just a huge human being. Andrew Billings, same thing. But you bring a lot of strength to the table. Um, so I want to ask you just you know, and no metaphor here, no pun intended, but what would you say your greatest strength is and, and what are you looking forward to showcasing uh, this season? Yeah, I think, I mean, my physicality, I mean, using my hands like at the point of attack. So I think that's one of the best things I do and I can bring that to the table. I mean, especially in the run game, I think that I can help them out a lot in that. And there's still, I mean, a lot of work to be done, improving like my pass rush and stuff like that, getting right with Coach Kiff. But yeah, so I think those are, things I've been working on and going to improve on. Nice. Now that you've been at rookie camp and now in the OTAs, um, is there any other particular players that you've bonded with or you've asked for advice as you've navigated through camp and you're looking forward to in the upcoming season? Have you kind of bonded with any players or anything and kind of, you know, kind of look for that help? Yeah. So, I mean, 
uh, when Malik Jackson came to first, like first week, like when he came to OTAs, his first time at OTAs, he was already like one of those guys I already knew, like was standing out as like a type of leader in, in our room. So, I mean, he kind of was in there kind of coaching us up when whatever drill we're doing, when we're doing team stuff or whatever, he's just already coaching people up, coaching me up and everything. So, I mean, I try to use that to my advantage to take all the advice I can from him. I mean, he's like a 10 year plus vet. So, I mean, I got to take, take the advice I can and try to enhance it into my own game. Just be a sponge during this time and learn as much as you can. Sure. Um, we had Porter on last week and he actually said the same thing. We asked him, same you know, time. who's, who's stepped up, who's been a help. And he said, you know, Malik has just been a source of knowledge and a source of wi- uh, wisdom um, during this time. So I kind of want to pick your brain on that just a little bit more, um, you know, just comparing Ohio state to the Cleveland Browns, I'd say Ryan day from what I know from the outside looking in Ryan day, Kevin Stefanski, kind of similar in their approach. They embrace work. Um, that's kind of their mentality, building the culture, setting a certain standard. Have you, have you noticed that their coaching, you know, style is, is similar in any way? What's it been like going from, um, you know, coach day to coach Stefanski so far? I mean, yeah, they do have their similarities and then they're also, yeah, different too. But yeah, I mean, I think just having that, yeah, they're both like have the ways of setting that standard and that culture for their programs. Uh, that way, I think they are similar. Like they, they know what needs to get done and they want their players to know what they need to improve on and what we need to get done for each, like each week and all that. So, I mean, I think that's where I think the similarities, I mean, c- c- can't compare. So I think that's why. Tommy, here's, you know, every player with a new season, be it college, be it high school, be it now the National Football League, it says, you know, things are faster, things are thrown at you um, thousands of miles an hour. What kind of personal goals have you set for yourself as you come into the upcoming season personally, as you go into the season? What have you put on the board, like one, two, three kind of personal goals? You kind of say, hey, here's what I want to do, A, B, and C, as you can, or, you know, however you put that out. What, what, what have you done personally, like to going and looking to. Yeah, so I mean for me, I mean right now I just try to keep it simple. Just try to I mean get in the rotation, try to gain as much playing time as I can. So I mean just really do well during when we come back for a real training camp starts up. Gotta do well in that. So I mean I don't really try to look too far ahead. Just gotta take it week by week. So so I can be able to be ready when the I mean first game comes around and preseason games come around. No, that's awesome. And Tommy, uh, uh, just a couple more here. Um, one from our good friend Norman that he put here in the comments. Um, he wants to know, did you practice at all from any other positions along the defensive line since there was only four um, defensive linemen at OTAs? Did you, were you able to, to get some experience elsewhere on the defensive line or were you just kind of right there in the middle? Yeah, no, I stayed inside. I mean, I'm between that, yeah, like nose guard and the three techniques. I was just getting work mainly inside. No, I didn't get a chance to go out to the edge, but yeah, I stayed inside. No, that's cool. That's awesome. It's always, it's always nice, you know, for us fans to kind of get your perspective because especially Mm -hmm. right now with, with COVID and everything, we're kind of from the outside looking in and it just seems like Dust and I were just saying, I won't wish the summer away, but we are looking forward to football season where we get to get to see it just a little bit more. Um, But Tommy, I'll get you out of here on this one. We greatly appreciate your time. Um, You know, you just come off of a, a championship run at Ohio state this year. you attack Clemson, which was, I've got to tell you, beautiful for me. I live down here in South Carolina. Loved that for me. Um, you know, you, you, you make a, a championship run, but then you come to a team like the Cleveland Browns who haven't been there, but we have a lot of aspirations to get there. What's that been like? Has it been uh, a, any change in your mindset or your approach um, and really the culture of the Cleveland Browns? 
Yeah, no, I kind of keep that same approach. Like, how I, I mean, I approach my game in college, just kind of stepping it up a level, I guess. And then, I mean, I think all the guys on the team know, like, what the goal is, the end goal is. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done before we get there. So, I mean, we got to just at this time, this moment, just got to be able to put that work in before we get, get too far ahead of ourselves right now. No, you're absolutely right. I'll get you out of here. Last one, I promise, Tommy. Have you had in Cleveland yet? Have you been graced with uh, Angelo's Pizza in Lakewood yet? No, I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> okay, Dustin, we got to make it happen. Um, Angelo's is one of our great sponsors here for the Here We Go Brownies podcast. Um, best pizza in Cleveland. Be best, best hands down, best pizza in Cleveland. We'll make sure that you can get your, yourself a pizza over, hey, over there at Angelo's. Ask Miles Garrett. He's been in there a time or two. We've he will tell you how great it is. Um, but they're in Lakewood. It's great pizza. If you're if you love the pizza, it's a great place to go get pizza. I'll have to check that out for sure. It's the best. It's the best. Tommy, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate you. Uh, and we're looking forward to continued success here in 2021. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one, Tommy. Thank you so much. Go thank you, Tommy. Browns. That is former the Ohio State University Buckeye <laughs> and current. Cleveland Browns defensive tackle Tommy Togiai. Demetric Felton, Browns running back slash wide receiver out of UCLA to the Here We Go Brownies podcast. Demetric, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good. Thanks for taking the time. We're uh, we're very happy to have you and just excited to pick your brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, so Absolutely. Dimitri, are you out in uh, California tonight? Or are you yeah, uh, nice? How's that? Is it smoky out there or are you actually getting some sunshine in the West out here? Getting some sunshine. It's really yeah. nice out here. I've been, <laughs> I've been enjoying the, the weather a lot. Nice. Nice. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. So Dimitri, first and foremost, before we get into it, totally informal. I just want to know how, how's your off season been? I know this is Obviously, you're going into your first year, your rookie year. What's it been like so far with the, the rookie mini camps, OTAs, all that? How's your offseason been so far? Uh, I think it's gone pretty well. You know, I had a great time out there in Brea with the team and, you know, getting to familiarize myself with the system, the coaches, the players around me. It was a great time for me to do that. So uh, I think it went overall really well. And now that I'm back home, you know, I'm able to mm – -hmm rest, still continue to learn and continue to work hard. So I'm ready for training camp. Demetri, with that said, you know, this has kind of been a whirlwind for you playing out for UCLA, you know, walk us through, you know, you're sitting there on draft day, you know, wanting to be drafted. Walk us through that draft experience, what it was like, how that call went, were the Browns on your radar? Were they one of the teams you were looking at or was it a total surprise for the Browns to make that call? Kind of just walk us through, cause you know, it's always surreal, right? When you get the call and say, you're yeah a player in the National Football League, right? So kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so it was um, – I was very excited and I was really nervous. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I didn't know uh, if I was going to go fairly early or fairly late. And so I was just sitting there with my family and my friends and, you know, just waiting on the call and uh, being locked in. I, I wasn't sure uh, really who was going to draft me, but I know I talked to the Browns. Uh, <laughs> quite a few times but after that and like around the draft but I knew you know when I talked to them I had a really uh good conversation with the coaches and so I knew you know if I did end up going there that I would really enjoy it and so nice. you know 
waiting there uh, with my family. It was tough, but it was also exciting. To, so to finally get that call and, you know, hear that I'm a Cleveland Brown, it was amazing. It was a dream come true. That's awesome. You know, Demetri, when uh, actually Dustin and I were in Cleveland for the draft, he lives out, out in Idaho. I'm in South Carolina. So we met in Cleveland for the draft. And uh, right when you got selected, we were, we were sitting there talking and Dustin goes, oh my God, they took a, a running back. I said, no, I think he's a wide receiver. So we had to do something. We're like, okay, what, 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 who is Demetri Felton? What does he do? And I want to talk a little bit about your versatility. Um, you know, that, that, that's one of the, the key pillars. We know smart, tough, accountable, but also being, you know, having versatility is, is something that's highly valued in this organization. Can you just speak to that a little bit? What do you bring to the table? What can Browns fans expect out of Demetri Felton this, uh, this season? I think you summed it up uh, perfectly. You know, just my versatility, being able to do multiple things. You know, I, I agree with you in saying that's very uh, valuable in this league. And, you know, that's what I feel like I bring. I bring to table, you know, the ability to play running back, the ability to play a receiver, the ability to make an impact on special teams, whether it's returning or, you know, running down as a gunner. You know, I'm willing to do anything to help my team. And, you know, that's just the type of person that I am. First and foremost, I'm a football player. And to me, that means someone who could do it all. That's great. How, how comfortable would you say you are at both positions? Do you prefer one over the other? Uh, the only thing I prefer is the ball in my hands so I can make play. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, which, whichever position that is, you know, I'm going to do my best to execute and get as many yards as I can. Nice. Well, you've been able to be in Cleveland a little while now, Dimitri. Uh, talk to us a little about the culture, you know, learning the offense, the playbook, and what, is, what has been like learning from Stump and Preference to Fansky, you know, being in there. I know you're at rookie camp and you've got to be in the building a little bit. Just kind of walk us through the culture. I know you said you're excited to join the Browns. What has that been like uh, being around the other guys in that culture so far? Oh, I've had a great experience. You know, all the coaches are there, you know, ready to help, ready to teach. And I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from them, from the vets, anything that I can do to make myself a better player. You know, I'm all ears. And so being able to, you know, learn from Coach Stump, uh, Coach Prefer, Coach Stefanski, it's been a great experience for me so far. And I'm just trying to soak it in as much as I can so I can learn this offense and be me. That's awesome. What's it been like for you joining a room with Nick Chubb, with Kareem Hunt? Um, ha have they been able to be any type of mentor to you? Have you been able to learn from them? Uh, what's what's that look like for you? Oh, for me, I'm just excited because, you know, it's, it's just people I've grown up watching. And so to be in the same room as them is very humbling. And uh, like you said, I'm just trying to learn as much as possible. So as soon as I got there, you know, they've been super nice to me, uh, able to help me out, help me figure out the offense. If I had any questions that I didn't get answered in the meeting room, like they're all ears. And so they've been a great help to me. They're great guys, great players. And I'm just excited to be able to learn from them. Along those lines, as you look at these, you know, veterans in the league, and now you're kind of coming in and kind of learn the ropes. What kind of personal goals, Demetric, have you made for yourself uh, in the upcoming camp? you know, rookie camp and going into camp and then yeah. the regular training camp and then in the upcoming season, what kind of personal goals have you set out for yourself um, going forward? Definitely. Um, you know, my first uh, goal is to make the team. You know, I feel like that's 
most important to go there and have my name on the 53-man roster. Uh, secondly, is to show everyone, coaching staff, the vets, that you know I, I'm a, I bring value to this team, that my versatility is very valuable and that I can be an impact uh, right away. And so those are my main two goals. I try to just focus on those two and work as hard as I can. And I feel like everything else, you know, will come. Uh, so I'm just trying to keep my mind very focused on that. That's awesome. You know, one of our friends of the program, you know, this is a show by the fans for the fans. You've got a lot of fan interaction. People want to ask you some questions. Um, one of our good friends, Andrew, he said that he was able to review your college stats. And he, he loved your uh, your direction in the run game and, of course, in, in the punt returns, kick returns, and special teams. Uh, I know you talked about working with Coach Prefer and being able and just being willing and able to do anything to make the team and be an impact. But uh, do you think that you can bring some versatility to the run game this year? Or I'm sorry, to, to the return game, excuse me. Definitely. I definitely think so. Um, you know, I did a lot of kick return in college, but I didn't do a lot of punt, punt return. And me and Coach Prefer have been working a lot to, you know, hone in on those skills. And so I could be able to do that. And, you know, I'm super excited to get back. Uh, for training camp and just continue doing that with him so I can show everyone that I can do kick return and punt return. Nice. So now you've been in Cleveland a little bit, Dimitri. You know, we have a lot of fans watching tonight. Um, taking in the city, you know, you're out there a little bit. What have you been able to enjoy and what surprised you about Cleveland coming there? And what have you been able to do while you've been in Cleveland? Yeah, so I didn't I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I've never been out that way before. And, you know, I was just excited to explore a new place. And so um, I was really able to have fun in the city, you know, uh, be able to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I really enjoyed that. Um, just going over to Top Golf with some of my teammates. Like, wow. there's a lot, like, there's a lot to do in Cleveland, and I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, and I think it surprises a lot of people. They don't know until they go there what yeah. much there is really to do there, and it's true. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I didn't know all this was here, so I agree. Have you been able to get your hands on any um, Angelo's pizza yet? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not just saying this. I'm not just saying this to you, but I tell everybody that we have on, we've had a couple of players, Tommy Togi, Porter Gustin, uh, Curtis Weaver recently, and I, I ask them all the same question, like, have you had Angelo's Pizza? Just a piece of advice, if you can get your hands on some. It's over in Lakewood. It is, again, I'm not just saying this, it is the best pizza I've ever had. Okay. Uh, they're, they're a proud sponsor. Uh, they're awesome. We uh, are, are proud to represent them here on this podcast. Highly encourage it. So we're going to dust to make sure that he can get his hands on some Angelo's pizza yeah. over there in Lakewood. Well, and I was going to say, Dimitri, awesome. uh, Miles, I was saying, Miles Garrett uh, has been in there a few times, so I know he's a big fan of it. So just ask him. <laughs> Maybe he'll take you over there and show you all about it. So, Yes, sir. I definitely will. So, you know, you know, another question I have for you yeah. Yeah, real quick, Dustin, I, I just want to touch on that. You bring up miles. We talk about some of the defense. Have you kind of really stuck to, um, you know, the, the offense, you know, building with some building relationships with some of those guys like Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, even your rookie class, or have you been really able to like integrate and really talk to some of the defensive players, pick the brains of, of those guys as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, speaking of our rookie class, me and Greg Newsom, you know, we, we hang out a lot, a lot of time together. And so we, uh, 
you know, being able to go against each other in practice and then hang out, you know, we're always trying to figure out ways to get better. And so me picking his brain, him picking my brain, you know, like we're all uh, focused on the same goal to make this team and make an impact right away. And so being able to uh, do this with him has been really cool. Nice. As you said, you're going to be out in L.A. And, or in the L.A. area and enjoy, you know, some time off. I did a little background on you. You love video games, right? A lot of NFL players play video games. So, and a lot of our listeners obviously play video games. Is there a favorite video game that you like to play? And have you kind of like uh, went to battle with some of the Browns players playing some video games? I'm just curious. Um, my favorite game is Call of Duty for sure. Um, okay. And I, the only person I've played with on the Browns is Greg. Only me okay. and Greg. But I want to <laughs> I saw, I saw that Jarvis was playing the other day, and I want to play with him. So. <laughs> there you go. We'll there you go. And you can have some bragging rights, right? Like, hey, I beat oh, Jarvis. Yeah. Nah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would be too bad. Um, Demetri, I'll get you out of here on this one. We greatly appreciate having you on. Um, this has been a true pleasure. But I w- I'll get you out of here on this one. You're coming from UCLA, big city, uh, a, you know, a, a very well-known team, a big culture. But you're coming to Cleveland – Blue collar, tough mentality, kind of a different city, I'm sure, than L.A., uh, but we have Super Bowl aspirations. What's that transition been like to go from UCLA to a team that's got some high, high expectations this season? It's, it's been really exciting, and I feel like it just makes me work even harder because I'm like, hey, like I, I want to experience that. I want to be a part of that team that has Super Bowl aspirations and that can really make it, and so – you know, Coach Stefanski says we're about work. And, you know, that's all I've been trying to do is just work hard. And I feel like this team has been doing that as well. You know, I've, I've been able to work out with John Johnson out here and, you know, being able to work out with a fellow teammate uh, in the offseason is huge for me. You know, being able to pick his brain and just see how he's motivated to work and make it to the Super Bowl. So it's been uh, a great experience for me. Well, Demetric, that's awesome. Like, you know, Allie and I wish you always see the best. Hopefully you make that 53-man roster. And I can tell you're going to work your butt off and you're looking, you know, you're going to give it your best for sure. Go ahead, Allie. No, I just wanted to thank you again, Demetric, for coming on. Um, like I said, this is a show by the fans for the fans. We've got a lot of listeners right now, uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's great for them to see who they're getting <laughs> in their sixth-round pick wide receiver and running back slash can do it all Swiss Army Knife. So Demetric, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Have a great night, Demetric. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. That is Brown's running back slash wide receiver slash just about anything and everything. Demetric Felton uh, out of UCLA six-round pick. Very exciting. Uh, We are welcoming Browns fullback Johnny Stanton onto the program. Johnny, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to apologize. This is not my typical setup. I'm moving and I did not have a place to set up shop. So forgive me if there's background noise. I can't complain. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I was going to say, Johnny, last weekend you're in Coeur d'Alene. I'm a little jealous. She's at the beach. You're living your best life in Northern Idaho, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stuck at my house here. I don't know. Like, I'm doing something wrong here, it seems like. I got to make the most of my summer. 
That, that's true. You absolutely do. So Johnny, let's kick it off here. We want to first and foremost welcome you uh, to the Here We Go Brownies podcast. It's a show by the fans, for the fans, so we're excited to have you on. First and foremost, I just want to know, how's your summer been? How's it treating you? I know it's been kind of crazy. We've got OTAs, training camp coming up. How has it been for you? Um, it's been good. Um, the uh, the summer has been, uh, you know, as relaxing as I would like it to be. <laughs> Going wedding and stuff like that. But, you know, OTAs went great. Um, I was able to learn a whole lot uh, with the coaches, and it was fun to be able to see everybody there during minicamp. So, John, i got a question for you. Kind of traveled around the league a little bit. Um, uh, what I find really unique that a lot of our listeners probably don't know that you also played quarterback, um, you know, in the Mountain West, you know, and then you got transitioned to fullback. Um, and then you went, of course, to Minnesota in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Uh, so my question is, um, as you've trans transitioned from Minnesota to Cleveland, um, what has been the difference in culture with the, you know, Stefanski, of course, in Minnesota? versus Cleveland now, and what's the biggest difference you see uh, being in those two different organizations? One, obviously, when he was an offensive coordinator and now a head coach. Yeah, so I, the, the time that I spent in, in Minnesota was mainly during my rookie year. When I was in there with 2019, I was only there for two weeks, and, uh, you know, that was when Coach Stefanski actually got to be offensive coordinator. Uh, and I could tell there was a little bit of a, there was definitely a, a, a change in, in the offense room um, when I got to spend my time over there. Uh, Coach Stefanski has got a great dry sense of humor and he's always um, he's always showing that uh, and that's definitely something that he's brought to Cleveland. Um, the one thing that I really liked about when I was with Minnesota is that it, it, it you can tell when you're uh, in a very well run organization and I can absolutely feel the same thing here in Cleveland. Um, I think that uh, you know uh, Andrew Barry and Coach Stefanski have done a really good job of creating a culture of, of, of winning. Um, you know, they are out, you know, obviously very used to winning and they're really showing um, that kind of culture and, and they're, they're spreading it around uh, the team. I think they've done a, a very successful job already uh, just in the one year. And I'm excited to, to see what happens um, in year two. You know, the three pillars that Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski and the entire uh, organization implemented the smart, tough, accountable, that's what they're looking for. Uh, but another one that, I, I, that I've noticed just in speaking to some players and just kind of from an outside looking in, another word is uh, versatile. And I, I know that's kind of your, your forte. Uh, can you just walk us through your, your playing days in college? Um, you know, you've played several positions. Can you just take us down that timeline and, and, you know, tell our listeners kind of where you started? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, as you mentioned, uh, I was a quarterback uh, all the way through most of college. Um, I, I switched my senior year because I wasn't going to be a starting quarterback. And I thought, you know, my senior year, you know, could be really lame and sitting on the bench and wishing that, you know, I could be out there on the field with the ball in my hand or I could try to get in the field in whatever way I could. Uh, and I knew I had the athleticism to do it. So I asked the coaches if I could play some special teams and um I had some success there. Uh, the linebacker coach uh, asked me if I could play some linebacker preparing for Air Force in Utah State. So I played linebacker those weeks. Um, I went back to quarterback for three weeks and then went back to special teams after that. So, you know, I knew that after my senior year that I could play a couple different positions, but honestly going into the league uh, in 2018, I was expecting, okay, well, who's really going to take a chance on a guy who failed at quarterback and, you know, didn't really learn any other position while, while his time during his time. So I prepared for whatever I could during pro day. I obviously prepared a quarterback, but 
I was also learning tight end. I was learning how to long snap. Um, during pro day, they asked me to do some uh, linebacker work. Uh, so I was doing whatever I could to get on the field in front of the coaches. Um, when, when Minnesota asked me to try out at tight end, um, you know, I was excited. And when I finally made the team, I'm like, all right, I, I guess I found my new position. I didn't realize until I found out on Twitter, like the next day that that new position would be fullback. Um, so yeah, there's uh, a lot of changes in there. Um, I've had to, uh, I've, I've definitely tried to keep up my skills in everything else. You know, in OTAs, I was able to spend a lot of time at tight end, uh, learning the, you know, the offense and through, through that lens, um, trying to brush up on skills in that way. Uh, I've always tried to keep my arm loose and try to stay accurate as best I can. Um, but, uh, you know, just in case uh, something like that happens where, you know, coach, coach will want me to put, put the ball in my hands, I'm, I'm always ready and happy to. But um, right now, you know, the focus really is on one fullback, two special teams, um, just trying to be a master at that. And everything else is just a, a bonus, really. So as you've come to Cleveland, Johnny, and obviously you've met other players and stuff, is there any players that you've kind of uh, bonded with or had a special relationship that kind of helped you kind of be more of a sponge, you know, uh, someone that's maybe been in the league a little longer or someone that you've kind of looked up to or even maybe a coach or someone specifically that you've kind of uh, leaned on to kind of, as you said, kind of kind of take more of that in. Yeah, I've been I, you know, I've been really lucky with the two teams that I've been on have uh, two two of the um, the most dominant fullbacks in the game, um, you know, being ahead of me um, between CJ Ham in, in Minnesota and now Andy Janovich, who was my teammate at Nebraska when I first went to when I was first in college. He was my teammate over there. Uh, so we were not only were we able to um, get that relationship get back going, but Andy's really the guy that I lean on, um, you know, during practice, uh, you know, in meetings, um, we're able to, to keep each other in check. And he's honestly one of my favorite guys to be around on the team. So he's an easy, uh, an easy guy to, to rely on, to, to check with before practice. Like, Hey, like there's this play I wasn't really sure about. And, and uh, we're able to do that with each other. And um, he makes things uh, a lot easier when I'm, you know, trying to get ready for practice. Can you just talk to us a little bit too about what your what your uh, position room looks like? You know, we know it's not it can't just be the fullbacks in there. You, Andy Janovich, um, you know, you've got to have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in there. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that room and what it's like playing with uh, some of the best in the game? Yeah, um, you know, every everybody in the um, the fans, the media, I think they're all they all know the Nick Chubb that is um, you know is 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 Nick ever happy from from Austin Hooper. <laughs> um, no, Nick is Nick is a you know, completely different person around the team. His teammates, um, he's a uh, you know always has a smile on his face. He's a really fun guy to be around. Same thing with Kareem. You know, all the guys in our room, we're uh, we really love each other. We really push each other to get better. Um, we got Dearness in there. We got Trey. We got you know all these guys that we're really pushing each other to to get better. And you know, it's all led by Coach Tom Mitchell. He's uh, you know he's one of the the longest running, I think, running back coaches in the league, probably. Um, yeah. He's uh, he's really impressive and is able to, to show off uh, all of his knowledge for us. Um, and he's got a lot of it, too. Uh, you know, he tells us about his days and, you know, playing for the Cardinals in the 80s and, you know, um, all the stuff that they had to go through. And, you know, nowadays it feels like, man, like we have it easy. You know, Johnny, quick question for you, specifically on goals and aspirations. I know, you know, Cleveland made it to the second round of the playoffs last year. She got that kind of taste of the playoffs. And then obviously the Browns want much more than that. But what has been the energy in Cleveland and in the locker room that you've been, you know, to minicamp and all those things, what has that energy been like? And do you feel it when you're in Cleveland, uh, when you run into people or they recognize you kind of, can you kind of feed off and kind of see what the season's going to be like? And 
more importantly, you're excited to be in front of 67,000 screaming Browns fans on opening day. Yeah, I mean, really, we're, we're really looking forward to the next season and be able to have it being a normal year. Um, you know, last year, all of the success was a little bit tempered by the, uh, the lack of being able to go out and celebrate. Um, you know, we obviously, we had a, a goal. We had the goal to be able to get us, you know, to that last game, um, to the Super Bowl. And we weren't able to make that goal, but we were able to make a whole lot of other goals throughout the way. We were able to make the short-term goals. We were able to make it to the playoffs. Um, and being able to see the fans, um, you know, at 3 a.m. <laughs> coming home from, from Pittsburgh um, on, uh, on a late, late flight and seeing them wait for us, you know, even though how, how was, you know, God was asleep at that point. It was uh, it was a late one, and seeing you know dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, of Browns fans out there in the cold. Um, it was like 20, 15 degrees maybe um, outside of the airport. It was you know it really goes to show like what Cleveland fans are all about. Blue collar, tough. That's that's the, the Cleveland fan base, and it's nice to see. Uh, what Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, and just this front office are implementing within the organization, the culture. And you talk about a well-run organization. Can you just speak to the culture a little bit that's going on in Berea, what that looks like? Um, and have you seen any parallels from Kevin Stefanski, uh, just, you know, from the time that you spent with him in Minnesota to current? Um, yeah, you know, some of the things that you'll, that I at least, you know, in my very limited experience um, have seen with really well-run organizations is everybody is, um, is involved. They're always, you know, having people there is really important. Seeing, uh, seeing Andrew at practices on the sideline, seeing, you know, Mr. Hazem on the sideline during, uh, during practice, um, you know, everybody's involved. Everybody knows what's going on with each other. Everybody knows each other by first name basis. Just having that kind of community within the team, uh, I think really lends itself to, to success. Um, you know, as for the Minnesota stuff, like I said, I, with, with the success that, uh, that coach fancy was, was having over there, uh, especially in the second year when he was offensive coordinator. Um, I was only around to be able to be there for just a taste of it, of, you know, for two weeks. Um, the one thing that coach Stefanski is, and it's a cliche at this point, but he is really is a player's coach. Um, you, you, you feel comfortable around him. Um, he's somebody that you, at the same time, he's able to have that kind of contradiction of you can, you, you feel like you can, you know, be his, his buddy, but he also, you also can tell that he's going to lead you to where you want to be as a leader and as somebody who will take the reins and, and run with it. Um, so, you know, coach Stefanski is, you know, exactly what, you know, I hope to have as a coach. That's great. Uh, I know we talked a lot about uh, earlier about personal goals for the team. Um, what have you made for your own personal goals, you know, going into year two now uh, in the off season and now getting ready for training camp on July 24th, what have you kind of set for your goals kind of looking into season two? Um, you know, one game wasn't enough for me. Um, I had that taste of having that Eagles game and I really enjoyed it. It was, um, well, that's an understatement. It was, it was, it was something that I know that, you know, no matter what happens, I can never have that taken away from me, but that is by no means, um, the pinnacle, you know, I want to be, I want to be a, a, you know, a go-to starter. I want to be somebody that the coaches can rely on with the ball in his hands or, or to, you know, make the game winning block, you know? Um, I want to be the guy for, for our organization. Um, you know, this off season, I've really focused on my athleticism. I've really focused on, um, you know, like keeping all my skills, uh, at their peak. 
um, while really improving myself as a fullback because I'm going into my what I guess fourth year now as a fullback and uh, I want to you know I want to be I want to have that experience you know the coaches mentioned at the end of at the end of uh, this last season that at the in, in the exit interview that the the preseason is going to be really important for me to be able to get gain that experience and you know it's something I already knew but um, knowing that going into these three games this pre, this uh, this upcoming preseason is going to be really really important for me um, and it's going to be not only proving it to the coaches and to the front office, but proving it to myself that I've learned a lot and I've gained a lot of experience as a fullback and as an NFL player that I'm going to be able to finally show that. And, you know, without, you know, six days of knowledge that I'm going to play in the game beforehand. Well, you bring up a good point, Johnny. I mean, you're very versatile. Um, you bring a lot to the table. Like you said, you can play special teams, you can play quarterback, you can play fullback. And how exciting would that be if, you know, you're in the, in the fullback position and all of a sudden it goes back and all of a sudden Baker's running and you got the ball in your hand that can really uh, scare a defense real quick. Like what are they doing over there? So, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to give coach Stefanski, you know, an extra weapon, but um, I, you know, the fullback stuff comes first and foremost. And uh, once I'm a complete master of that, I can start thinking about you know, putting the ball in my hand and anything like that. Have you had to yet? I mean, uh, not in a game, of course, but like any, like with, with any practices or anything like that or scout team, were you able to, to line up, maybe throw some? Yeah. You know, we don't do that much um, like trick plays and not, not that a whole lot of people are doing fullback passes in the NFL that we have to prepare for. Um, <laughs> but in the first week, the first um, Steelers game that we had this last year, I forget what week it was, but uh, we were in a, a tough quarterback situation with, uh, at least for practicing with Baker not practicing that week because he was a little banged up. Case took the ones reps, and usually the second quarterback takes the, takes the scout team reps. Um, but at that point, Garrett Gilbert, who had been previously our third string quarterback, had just got picked up by Dallas by like that Monday or something. So we're going into practice on Wednesday, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't know who's going to run the scout team um, scout team offense. I don't know if Case is still going to try to do it. And when I find out that it's uh, some of the defensive coaches, I kind of go up to them and say, hey, I can throw the ball for you. Like, I can throw the ball for the offense if, if you'd like me to. And I was a little bit passive about it. And they said, oh, yeah, you know, maybe. And it was like, I think they were just kind of humoring me. Like, did they, I don't think they had any kind of idea about my pass as a quarterback. And then a couple passes in that, I, that were kind of thrown into the ground. I'm like, all right, let me, let me take over here. <laughs> and I, uh, I got the arm warmed up really quickly. And um, for those three, three practices, I was able to um, – uh, pick apart the, the defense would be an extreme, extreme overstatement because there are far more in, um, incompletions and interceptions than I would have ever been proud about as a, uh, as a college quarterback. But uh, I was able to give the defense a good look, at least a better look than, than they would have been otherwise. And um, I'm, I'm proud of that at least. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. I uh, watch out kind of Taysom Hill coming, coming up through this kind of a very similar situation. Um, Johnny, I'll get you out of here on this one. This has been great. We, we greatly appreciate your time. Uh, have you had, in Cleveland yet, have you had a piece of Angelo's pizza? No, I haven't. Okay, we're going to change that. We're going to change that. It is uh, a proud sponsor of our program. They are, and I'm not just saying that because they're our sponsor, hands down the best pizza I've ever had. Uh, and I know we've spoken to a couple of players. I know Miles Garrett, he's a huge, huge fan of Angelo's pizza. Uh, so Dustin, let's make sure that we can get Johnny uh, an Angelo's pizza over there in Lakewood. Yeah, I have to say, it's not very far from Berea either. So Perfect. Uh, over there in Lakewood, but they- uh, Gotta they, have it. If you like the, the deep dish Chicago style, that's the kind Perfect. of pizza. So, yeah. 
It's good stuff. Well, Johnny, this is great. We appreciate you. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best going into this season. And we're excited to, to watch you play out there. We're rooting for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Johnny, Absolutely. Take care. Have a good one. Go Browns. Go Browns. Cleveland! This is for you! Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land. Let them know. Tell them, here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Here we go.